As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everyone. We are here, Mavs Sports Take, episode 38. Just if you are listening to us now, which is a Tuesday at 8.38 Eastern Time, we are just two short days away from the 2021 NFL Draft. Officially kick it off. What better way to do it than with a little mock draft? Love the mock drafts. Um, you know, call Click Daddy in the past, but we are going to put the hard-hitting information. Of course, this is Mavs Sports Take, where we take the business of football, the business of sports, and we tell you what you actually need to know. I feel like we deal with a little too much fluff in the sporting world. Of course, I am de- I am joined by my great co-host, 18-year scouting vet in, in the NFL Arena League up in Canada in the CFL. Of course, Mr. David Turner, who has been under some of the greats when we're talking about general managers, when we're talking about owners. David, I know you're looking really forward to this because we have a lot of cool things planned over the next couple of days. I don't know if we can really take the, you know, take the uh, take the curtain off of what we have planned for the live draft show, but we're only two days away, man. It is the best time of the year to say the least. Oh, it really is. I mean, for guys like you and me who are just complete draft geeks and you know we're personnel men through and through, we just this is our time of year. This is our Christmas almost. To get to get going, I mean, between free agency and cut down day and this, I mean, those are the three days that we always look forward to the most about getting it on and doing our best. So, yeah, uh, Map Sports Take will be live this weekend going Thursday night, Friday night and Saturday morning. Ryan, myself, Joe DeLeon, we have special guests coming getting booked by the day we have some other certain things going on that i aren't really close they're close to getting close but they're not done yet so we'll let you know probably the morning of or the time after we get it done um but we're all going to be powered by one institution media and we can't thank uh, dr keenan davis and the group themselves enough for inviting us on to their network and being part of them so one institution will be powering our uh 
our live draft shows, as well as you'll see us here on all our math stations, whether it's the YouTube, the Twitter, the Instagram, we'll be live on everything. So again, it's been an incredible ride, 38 shows in. Ryan and I have been, you know, just trying to deliver you the best content possible. And we're going to carry that forward to the the series of the draft coming up with our live shows. And we want to thank everybody out there, whether you're listening to us live on the Mav underscore sports, the Mav sports Twitter page, or you're listening to it on Facebook live on David Turner's uh, personal Facebook, wherever you are listening to this. If you're listening to one of your podcast platforms, we appreciate you all so much. How it's going to work is we're doing a mock draft and we are going to, it's kind of a dueling mock draft, right? We're going to go one by one each pick. I'm going to tell David why he is completely wrong, and we are going to hash this thing out. We're going to give you the truth only a couple days away, the truth that we know it to be. You hear a lot of rumors. This is rumor season, to say the least. A lot of smoke screens happening, like we do in every episode and every topic we tackle. We're going to try to find the truth. We're going to try to show you guys what you all need to know. David, really curious, though, before we start this, you being a guy that was on the scouting side of things, was was a part of the National Football League and the Canadian Football League and the Arena Football League, not so much on the media side of things. Are you a fan of mock drafts? I, I feel like some some people in that position don't really like mock drafts too much. I don't know. I could be wrong. I You know, honestly, I like doing mock drafts with my brethren in the room who have all the information. I think it's very, very useful because when you're in that situation, you can then start dictating, predicting, seeing where players are going to fall. With you in this situation, though you'll be wrong most of the night, it'll be fun because you have that uh, air about you that you know what's going on. So this will be great. I don't think we'll see a lot. And again, we can trade back. We can move around as long as it makes sense. And they're not Hail Marys and the draft math won't add up. If you really think that that's a spot where New England's going to trade up or Denver's going to trade back, feel free to throw – feel three – Feel free. You feel, feel free. free. Feel free. Thank you. God, I was never a tongue tire in my life, but now it was. But feel free. Feel free to, uh, to throw it in there and make it happen because that's what we want to bring the listeners. And I really think I've set the over under and first round trades this year to five. And I think there's going to be five or six um, possible trades going up and down um, in, in this year's first round because most of the people I've talked to, only have 16 to 19 first round grades on players. Everybody else has question marks and holes and without complete medicals from the combine and from getting their hands on these guys, a lot of people are going to have trouble uh, pulling the trigger. So I think you'll see people move around over, you know, reach farther and, and do different things. So, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting. And Dan Cassidy's already in there telling me to have better giant picks. This should be funny. <laughs> They, yeah, they better have the Giants pick. Luckily, Dan, we we both have the picks. So if you like, if you don't like my pick, I, maybe you'll like David Turner's pick. I'm not sure, but we are going to go th- work through this mock draft. We're going to talk about maybe potential trade scenarios, like David talked about. And I I do agree. We we especially last year because the first time I met David Turner was actually during the live draft show last year, where we saw almost no movement because I mean most people were dealing with the virtual world, right? Like, wow, this is weird trying to manage that you know, timing of that and getting the call in virtually and all that type of stuff, which is very odd, very weird to say the least. I think we're back to a normal state. We've already seen two trades before the draft even happened. I think there's going to be a large number, especially because like you said, 
for me, I have a lower number of first round grades this year. So like when we get to pick 25, let's say, I think like what's the huge difference maybe between a player that's 25th on a team's board and 35, 33, whatever it is. I don't think there's going to be much movement that I, I think there's going to be a ton of movement, especially in that range. But I think there's also going to be a range, maybe even in, in the top five. I think that there's potential there. So let's start us off, David. Number one, Jacksonville Jaguars, the assumed easy selection of the draft. I keep hearing that the draft truly starts at three or four, depending on what you believe with the third pick. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Well, I believe Jacksonville, as we all know, he's already got a playbook. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence is coming off the ball there. The six, as you've said in the past, the six Jacksonville fans would be up in arms if they didn't uh, take him there. So, you know, for me, it's going to, I think it's a consensus all-around pick, no-brainer. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall to Jacksonville. Yeah, we don't have to spend too much time on that. This, this, this kid is worthy, in my opinion, of everything that they've said about him. You know, I feel like people do throw around, especially on the media side specifically, throw around the generational term way too much. But I do think that this kid is worthy of that. I think when you're talking about a size, arm strength, athleticism, checks all the boxes. He seems like a great young man, has the leadership qualities. First overall pick, slam dunk Trevor Lawrence. Number two, I'm, all right, so this is where it gets interesting, David. The assumed player here, and again, this is what we would do as general managers. We're trying to give you a glimpse into our minds. The assumed here is that Zach Wilson is going to be the guy off the board. All right, with my, I have control here. This is GM <laughs> Roberts making this selection. So I'm going to say, I don't know if you're going to like this, Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State. So for me, if Sam Darnold was still in place, I would think about, hey, Penn A. Sewell and starting to build around, but we are in a reality where the Jets don't have a starting quarterback. So I have the pick between Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I have been on record. I understand that there are some things about him that makes him an outlier. The, not, the volume of starts is troubling. Coming from the FCS as a redshirt sophomore is troubling. I get it. I understand. And if he fails, I'm not going to get fired. So I understand it's a lot easier for me to say. But when you look at all this, all, the makeup of this kid, the athleticism, the arm strength, the leadership qualities, again, if he hits the ceiling, I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. Maybe, I mean, maybe rivaling a Trevor Lawrence from natural talent. So I, that's my pick. I think the Jets finally have a super talented signal caller that could potentially, if he hits the ceiling, be a top five quarterback in the NFL. I truly believe that. Well, as Dan Cassidy has pleasantly said in the room, <laughs> you think he's playing number one? No. Uh, you know, I think that's why he's not going to go here. And I also think what Joe did, if I was the general manager of the New York Gi or Jets, I would not have traded Sam Donald. I'm a Sam Donald guy. I think he could have played, started, and been a really good player for you. Where I think they did is they, they compared Zach Wilson to Sam Donald, saw a very similar player, and they said, listen, we can get a rookie contract, a five-year deal, a bargain deal, and then build around him. We also have another first-round pick later, and we have a lot of draft capital in the next couple of years. So for me, I again, predictive draft-wise, it's Zach Wilson. If it if it sure. was me, if it was me, not if it was me as the GM, I wouldn't have traded Sam Donald, and I would have taken Penny Sewell here. I, I hear you. I hear you. And obviously, that's a that's a uh, that's a world that no longer exists. And I agree with you. Again, this is what I am saying. I would do as the general manager. It's Zach Wilson from everything everyone's saying. Like that is. Again, I like Trey Lance, but I don't like him at the number two spot. You know, honestly, I think Zach fits their offense better. 
you know, and again, I think Trey, Trey doesn't, I, to me, two and three, those two offenses are very close and similar. Sure. But I, but I think the Jets offense is going to go a little bit more spread and be looking more to be where a quarterback runs a little bit more. And again, I think Zach is what they're looking for. Okay. Trey, man, Trey can run, brother. Trey I know Trey can, can run, run, but I don't think he, I think the fit is, and you know me well as everybody, I always like fits. And I think, I think Zach Wilson's fit. And also, jersey sales are going to go up in New York if it's Zach Wilson. They're not going to go up if it's Trey Lance. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that doofus's uh, jersey personally. But that's just me. I don't know that headband look either. I mean, Jim McMahon Jr. isn't going to. I'm not going to buy his headband. But you know, I'm just saying what I'm, what I'm, what I'm thinking is the fit would be Zach Wilson for them. I'm not trying to slander Zach Wilson, but he looks like Jim McMahon when he was 15. Let's be honest here. Um, next, the third overall pick, San Francisco 49ers, of course, jumped up from number 12 to number three. I made the first selection the last time, David. So let me hear who would your player be on? Who did the San Francisco 49ers trade up to the third pick to get to select, in your opinion? And again, if you listen to Kyle Shanahan's press conference, he said there's five guys he likes at three. Well, if there's five guys you like at three, then why didn't you trade to five? It's a bunch of malarkey. And take dude. who was there. Malarkey. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't like when he does that kind of stuff. Cause again, and then he went very hard at the quarterback saying we need a starting quarterback. And sure. I'm just like, you know what? You know, the players in the locker room are hearing you. They're listening to you. You're talking about the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo that way. How are you going to talk about me when I'm not in the room, coach, or to the media when you don't like me anymore? So right. I, I think that's a, that's something that Kyle has to be careful of, you know, <laughs> it, it, when it comes to, to addressing the the locker room through the press. Sure. Um, but that all being said, there, there's only one reason they traded up to three to get in from Atlanta, and that was to make sure they got Trey Lance. They weren't want they didn't want Trey Lance to fall past them. I think Trey Lance is the pick. He's always been the pick because the reality is they could have gotten Mac Jones. Yep. At twelve, and they could have gotten, you know, if they need if they wanted to get Zach Wilson, they would have had to trade up to two to get him. And they already have that conversation with the Jets, so they kind of knew what was going on. So the fix is in. Hate to take the peel the curtain back from the you know from everybody, but the fix was in from the beginning. So mm -hmm. to me, uh, you know, the smokescreen of Mac Jones really wasn't that thick, in my opinion. I think you know the Justin Fields was more of a possibility, but then right. his medical came out, and that was just like you know what, we got to go with Trey. So I think it's Trey Lance. I think it's Trey Lance too. That predictive side. I am so adamant about this, and I yeah, don't want anybody to take took the Trey Lance off your board. You just took him no, off. No, no, I know. Well, no, no, but we're not doing predictive. We're doing what I would do as, as a GM. Right, right? but I'm so, saying, so I do what you do as a GM, and, and I'm telling you, Trey Lance off the well, board, so now who's your pick? Well, I'm telling you, man, that I feel so adamant about Trey Lance being the guy that San Francisco traded up for in real in the real world, okay, in the predictive world, that let's just say Ryan put a little money down on it. So um, third overall pick, San Francisco 49ers. Since I already have Trey Lance coming off the board, I'm going to give them a quarterback. Been very vocal about this. For me, if we're comparing Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones, Mac Jones isn't even in this conversation, honestly. It comes down to Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. They came up for a quarterback. So in my reality, where Trey Lance is already off the board, 
I'm giving him Justin Fields. I know you're not a big fan of him as I as some people are. I'm, you know, I'm lukewarm on him. I like a lot of what he does. I definitely see the downfalls. There's a couple games that are very troubling to me. But again, they came out for a quarterback. I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. I'm not. Like, I, I get it. He's going to be in the first half of my first round mock here. Like, he, I get it. I understand the fascination. I, when I just put those guys next to each other, I just, I don't think talent wise, there's much of a conversation. Again, it comes down to upside for me. So, Justin Fields. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is a solid pick for them, but I don't think it's true. You know, I think he's a little too robotic and between the ears isn't the isn't the strongest point and for for um Kyle Shanahan that would be a big deterrent for me. So if 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 again, if Trey Lance on your board is off, I'm not so yep. sure they don't they don't go with Mac there because oh. I think Mac would fit would fit their their style of quarterback they're looking for over Fields and over Zach Wilson. I just can't get with it, man. And Dan I Cassidy, I, I mean, I, I appreciate it, buddy, because you know it's it's pretty true. Uh, yeah, Dan loves anybody that's over forty five. We talked about this yet today on on Twitter. All right, Dan, love you too. Uh, number four, Atlanta Falcons. I'll start off here, David. This is where the trade back talk really starts for me. Atlanta, I think, is a trade back potential team. I really do because I think somebody is going to potentially jump up for whoever that fourth quarterback is, and I think that. They're in a position, they're in a, a, a kind of an awkward position for me, right? Because I think the best player on the board is Penny Soul, offensive tackle out of Oregon, who I am a huge fan of. I, if, if we're just saying like taking him fourth overall in a vacuum, I'm down with it. But the problem is they have Jake Matthews at left tackle, who's been a good to very good player for a pretty long time now. They just drafted a right tackle two years ago in the first round, Caleb McGarry. And can either one of those guys move inside? Will Jake Matthews even want to move inside? He's 30-plus years old. So I think it's a little bit of a funky fit. I don't think that they're going to sit there. I, I think in the, in the real world, I think they're a trade-back candidate. I really do. I think that they're going to trade back. Denver Broncos is a team that jumps out to me. New England, if they had enough to get up to four, I don't know. 15 to four is a big jump, obviously. For me, Denver is the one that really makes a lot of sense. I think Denver would be very interested in, let's say, a Justin Fields if he was there. But in this, I'm going to stick there, obviously, because I don't want to go through the reshuffling of the board. So if Atlanta sticks, I am going to give them Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. I just I, I think that Kyle Pitts is going to affect the game more early on, especially than a guy like Penny Sewell. Because I just am I putting Penny Sewell in a guard? Like I think it's just a weird combination offensive tackle. Usually I'm cool with like, hey, let's get the best five on the board. We'll figure it out later. Like I'm good with that kind of that kind of outlook and that kind of, you know, uh, trial by error type of type of situation. But I think that Kyle Pitts, especially with a team that is continuously rumored to, Hey, are we going to trade Julio Jones at some point? I know obviously they play different positions schematically tight end versus an X Y receiver, but I think that the volume is going to be there pretty, pretty soon. If Julio Jones is off the board, the, uh, out the door, I should say you get Kyle Pitts to combine with a Calvin Ridley. I think that that's where the volume comes from. So I take Kyle Pitts here, who, in my opinion, is a top three to four player in this draft. Yeah, I don't think Kyle Pitts is a top three to four, but I think he is a top five. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think he's a top five. And, you know, I think Sewell grades out higher for me than, for sure. than Pitts, and he grades out higher than Wilson for sure. And um, I honestly, Sewell grades out higher than Lance for me. I mean, I just I think he's a very, very talented player. But now at four, you run into a, a, 
a piece of the puzzle that doesn't yeah. fit, right? Like you're like, uh, square pole, you know, we, we just don't need them here. Atlanta is a good trade back spot. I think Atlanta, but I don't know if they go back to nine. And then, and the, the reason they don't go back to nine is because it would, they would struggle to find a player like Pitts at nine. And therefore, therefore, I was, I was just going to say, like, it, so if they go back to nine, though, I'm thinking like Micah Parsons. Maybe like that is kind of like my mindset. He might be on the board at nine. That's another piece that's interesting, but I don't think they're going to take Parsons at four, obviously. Right. I, again, I, if that, if they're in love with Parsons or say even a Waddle or a Chase, um, you know, someone like that could possibly get to nine. But yeah. I think that the phone lines are open. I think that they're listening to deals. If someone wows them with a trade, they will come up and do it. I think it might be more of a Detroit trying to come up to five and get somebody that they want. Uh, or I'm sorry, come up to four from seven to come, up, and then they can reason that out, and they could be like, "Yeah, I can go to seven and still get a a really top notch player." Um, but I'm going to say they listen to the phone calls, but don't don't accept the deals because I don't sure. think anybody's going to be you know just again shot in the ass enough to go get one of these guys. So they're going to take Kyle Pitts there as well. Oh, I love it. Okay. We finally agreed on one. That's awesome. Um, the only thing well, I like agreed I, on the first pick and the fourth pick so far. Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Usually. I mean, that's better than most people do with mock drafts, to be honest. I think the, I think the big deterrent for me on, on the trip, on the trade with Detroit is just because Brad Holmes is, was a guy that was pounding the table for golf coming out. I think that they're just going to kind of play that out a little bit. Well, I, don't think I, I don't, I think they would come up. Again, right. either get Sewell, they get Parsons. So they're coming up for somebody other than a quarterback. Pitts. Okay. Yeah, they're coming up to get somebody they love um, that they want in the, in that situation. Yeah. Not necessarily a quarterback, but they're like, you know what? We're not going to see Pitts at, at seven. We're not going to see Sewell at seven. We're not going to see Chase at seven. Sure. So therefore, let me get up here and go get him at four. You know, I actually did do that in a mock draft um, of, uh, like a, probably a month or two ago. I had somebody jumping in front of Cincinnati to take Penne Sewell because that seems kind of like the, the spot that right. Penne would come off the board. All right, so that great, perfect segue. We're going to number five here, Cincinnati Bengals. David Turner, who you got for the Bengals here? Well, you called it. I got Sewell for the Bengals. I mean, it, I mean, your quarterback just got hurt. Everybody wants to give him a weapon, give him chase. You don't build – off from your back here and the guy just you know was on a, a middle was on a, a, an incredible run this young kid was under fire every single snap and yep. to have a guy like Penny Sewell sitting there who could be the next Walter Jones and and you don't take him to protect your quarterback that and and again Cincinnati is a team that likes to do things on the cheap they don't like paying their players right well now you can have a staple left tackle for five years on a rookie deal like, yeah. why would you not try to get that done? So, I mean, it, it, receivers you can find, especially in this draft, they're going to be there later. Are they going to be as dynamic as Chase? No. Are they going to be as familiar as they, the quarterback and him are together? No. But the reality is to protect that quarterback's blind spot and with a guy like uh, Penny Sewell, it makes all the sense of the world to go and get Penny Sewell here at the number five pick. Every radio spot asked me about that selection, the Cincinnati Bengals specifically. I don't know why. It's just like a hot button one. Do they take Chase? Do they take Sewell? For me, I agree completely. 
Jamar Chase is a great football player. Really good football player. I think he's darn good. You know how I feel about Jamar Chase. A wide receiver in the top five, in the top ten, is a luxury for a team that is this bad on the offensive line. We just saw the catastrophic knee injury that Joe Burrow sustained. You got to protect your guy, man. The best teams are built inside out. Let us keep our man upright. Because I hate to tell you, if he has another one of those bad knee injuries, you might have to be in a quarterback market again here soon. You have to protect the golden ticket. The most important position in sports is quarterback. Not in football. In all of sports is quarterback. You have to protect him. Penny Sewell agreed completely for that selection. Moving to the Miami Dolphins, who the Miami Dolphins just got rid of Eric Flowers. So a lot of people are talking about Robert Hunt moving into guard, might need a new tackle. Apparently they are targeting Penny Sewell. Maybe they're a trade up to four type of team. I don't know. That could that be might make sense too. That might make sense there too. Yeah. Yeah. So they might be a team because because the whole thing was, hey, they got back. They went into the top ten because they saw a pass catcher they wanted. And maybe they were just trying to get within the range to get Penny Sewell. It might be a conversation to have. But in this reality where Penny Sewell was off the board, I'm going to give them a weapon. I'm going to give them Jamar Chase. I think that it makes a lot of sense. Best pass catcher, in my opinion, on the board now that Pitts is off. This kid can work inside out for me. But the best thing he does is he is a alpha on the outside. At the catch point, being physical off of press coverage, like he is a phenomenal football player. Miami needs speed, too. They just got Will Fuller, who has 4-3 speed. That'll kind of open things up a little bit. And Chase is the dominant alpha pass catcher that they haven't had in some time now, to say the least, um, at least since Brandon Marshall was there a few years ago. So Jamar Chase to the Miami Dolphins with the sixth overall pick. Ugh, not so fast. Uh-oh. Not so fast. I'm not even done with my first cup, but not so fast. I think when you look at this team, they're a 10-win team, right? Yep. Even with the quarterback controversy or whatever you want to call it and, and everything. And, yes, it would be great. It would be great to give Tua uh, you know, another weapon you know, on offense at this point. But, again, they have the 36th pick overall in the second round where we both know running backs and receivers are going to be sitting there waiting for them to make that pick. Are they Jamar Chase? No. But you know what won't be sitting there? You know what will not be sitting there? Michael Parsons? Michael Parsons. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. As soon as you <laughs> Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons will not be sitting there. So you know what? I say they go get Micah. They put him on this defense. Now you got the quarterback of the future. You got the of the defense and the offense in place. You got a guy who's been a pass rusher who can come in and bring it. Bring the wood, bring it hard, and you know what? For me, watching Micah Parsons tape, I think Micah is the guy that goes to a, to Miami, and that's why they made sure they got back up to six. Because like you said, if Sewell was there, they would take him. If, if Pitts ha- happened to be there, if Chase was there, they're all in the conversation. But I think Micah Parsons, for me, is the best value at six. I can't wait to clip the video of you saying, bring in the wood and bring in it hard. That just, yeah, that's, that's hard, that's baby. <laughs> I, you, again, top five player in the class for me, top five player, regardless of positional value. I am a big fan of Micah Parsons. I think that, especially in Brian Flores' defense that runs that New England base defense, exactly. right? Van Noy this is this Teddy Brewski. This is it. That's. It makes sense. No, it does. The scheme fit is perfect. I'm a big fan of Michael Parsons. I'm good with this pick. 
Um, I'm good with it. I, I am. So moving on to the Detroit Lions. David, I have to tell you, I'm going to throw it to you first. This is the one where I think this is a massive trade-back opportunity. I don't think they're a trade-up candidate. I think they're a trade-back because I think there's a lot of holes in this roster. I think to get as many draft ca- as much draft capital as possible. And to be very honest, this is a tough one for me in mock drafts to do because I just I don't know where they're going to go. I have no idea. We have a new regime, a new head coach, a new general manager. I don't know if they're going to value with this pick, and I don't love the board usually when I'm mock drafting for it. So I'll kick it to you to see what your thoughts are on this pick. Well, I'll say this. Uh, it's, it is a great trade-back position. I think it's honestly, uh, with Chase, on my board, the way it just fell, yep. we got Waddle and Chase and J.C. Horn and Slater and Smith all sitting there now. And again, Justin Fields and Mac Jones sitting there. It is a perfect trade-back position. I think Denver up to Detroit makes sense to come get the quarterback if they want Mac Jones or they want Fields off the board. It's a quick switch. Detroit comes back for like picking up a fourth rounder in 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 trade for it. And you know what? The draft math starts working out for a great pick here. So for me, I'm not going to do that because I think Detroit loves seeing Chase fall in their lap. They thought Chase was right there coming off the board going to Miami. But now they're like, oh, and we just saw what Minnesota did with Jefferson, right? Yep. And now we're getting Chase right here. Like, sorry, guys, we had a deal, but Chase showed up. I got to go <laughs> and hang up the phone because we got a rare athlete now here at seven that I can't tell my the rest of my team I passed on and then go watch Justin Jefferson at Minnesota rip up our division, right? So I I just I I think it's a great trade back spot, but if it falls the way I called it, I think Chase falls in their lap and they gotta take him. See, I really do like the Jamar Chase fit there because Kenny Galladay is out the door, Marvin Jones is out the door, Danny Amendola is out the door. The only wire they only have one wide receiver that was on the team last year that's still under uh, under contract. So that room is in like, hey, we need to drive. Dire need. Three. And, and the quarterback needs all three. the help he can get. Right, right. Yeah, and Jared Goff definitely needs all the help he can get because that team is not great. So I'm going to take – you said you have a rare athlete at wide receiver coming off the board. I'll raise you a rare athlete with another rare athlete at the same position, David. Jamar Chase off the board. Jalen Waddle, baby. Give me Jalen Waddle. Again, start, stop. Got that acceleration. This kid is a multi-level threat that is, I mean, get this kid into space and he does some special things. I know he's coming off the ankle, but I want to remind people, when he got hurt, he was the leading receiver on the Alabama Crimson Tide. He was the number one target on the Alabama Crimson Tide for a team that had Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith. So this kid was the best player on Alabama's offense before he got hurt. Give me Jalen Waddle here at pick seven. A little bit of a luxury for a team that needs a lot of holes. Again, I think that that's why they are a huge tradeback candidate. But Jalen Waddle comes off the board. It's kind of like my favorite match for them because usually Jamar Chase is not on the board when I do mock drafts. Right, and again, I that, I, I don't I wouldn't doubt that. I've mocked him there before with Chase being off the board and all that. So you know, again, I I just think that Chase falls into their lap and they can't. You know, but both of us agree the quarterback needs help. The wide receiver position 
is that there's a couple really special players here at the top of the draft that you, if you get them, you're just a better team with them. So here's my first curveball. I don't think that this team, the Carolina, Carolina Panthers, speaking pick at eight. I don't think this Carolina Panthers team has seen this guy mock to them too much, but I think the value here is just too great. And when we saw Carolina in the Super Bowl at the peak of the Ron Rivera era defensively, they had their man in the middle, Luke Keekley. Well, I'm going to give them their man in the middle right now. I'm going to give a Micah Parsons. That defense drafted nothing but defense last year. I know that that might mean, hey, we're probably going to go a little more offensive heavy this year. But they have their quarterback in place, hopefully now. And I think they need their new face of the defense. So give me Micah Parsons to take that mantle that Luke Keekley left, that they weren't ready to get rid of. Now you have him. You have Jeremy Chin, who's a second-level defender. You still have Shaq Thompson in the door as that coverage linebacker. Now you have your man in the middle of that in sub-packages. Hey, you want to throw him down a defensive end and let him rush the quarterback? You want to blitz A-gaps with him? Whatever it is, this kid's a moving chess piece, and now the face of the franchise, Micah Parsons, pick eight to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and I think coming in with Fitterer coming down, he saw what Bobby Wagner did to the Seattle defense, adding him in there. And again, I, again, if Micah wasn't off my board, and if you watch the Profit, uh, the profit show that I do with the kids, um, we, we actually had Parsons there and I, and I fought him on that. They wanted somebody else. But I was like, nah, it makes no sense. He's got to be in the middle for Carolina. If he gets to Carolina, he's got to be there. Um, because that, like you said, it's just the face of the franchise on the defensive side. Now they got Sam Donald, who's 23 years old, Micah Parsons, who's what, 22 years old Two, you know, again, the, the, when they were at the best, they had Luke Kinkley and Cam Newton, you know, and now they're going to have yep. two young guys in the same position. So I like that pick for him. Unfortunately, I can't do that because I've already gotten him off the board. Sure. But I will see your Parsons and I'll raise you a waddle. <laughs> okay. Because I think if waddle's there, losing uh, Curtis Samuel and, you know, needing a playmaker on offense and he fits in with what they like to do on offense with get the ball in the players' uh, hands and let them do something. And his stop and start is freakishly, incredibly wonderful. I mean, like I've told the story many of times already, and I'm sure Cassidy's heard it because he's listening. <laughs> but <laughs> I was watching uh, Alabama last year, watching their receivers, and I saw Waddle, and I text Chris um, Pettit up there at the Giants. I'm like, if you watch his 17 from freaking Alabama, oh my God. And Chris, like, he's not draft eligible. I said, watch him seven minutes later. Holy crap. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, he's something special. So at eight, that's just, that's the kind of player you don't want to pass up. And with Micah off my board, I would say Jalen Waddle is, is a guy that they have to go and, and, and sew up and sure up right there. Uh, historically speaking, just a few years from now, people are going to look back on this Alabama teams over the last couple of years, wide receiver wise, with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and Jayla Waddle and Devonta Smith, and just kind of appreciate that for a second, just how special that group has been. And now, like you said, we got DJ Moore, we got Robbie Anderson. Now we got the speed aspect with Jalen Waddle. It's a good, I mean, what we're talking about how wide receivers fit together. That's a good fit. I like it. It's a really good fit in that room. I think it's going to just be dynamic. Oh, absolutely. So number nine, Denver Broncos. I started the last one. David, this one is another – I think it's another trade back potentially. I talked about them being trade up. I think that they're going to move one way or the other. I really do. If Michael Parsons is on the board, I think they sit there and they take Michael Parsons. I think they think about a corner. Let me hear what you think that they are going to do here. 
Well, if they don't trade up to come get one of the quarterbacks and when it plays out the way I have it playing out, then the quarterback falls to them. Right. I don't I again, I'm not shot in the ass with Mac Jones or Justin Fields, but I think other teams would. So like you said, you know, I think a team like New England or Washington football team would want to come up and come get that guy. Will they come up to nine and pay the price? I don't know if they have the draft capital to pay the price to get to nine. So George Payton, new, you know, new regime there, new general manager coming over from Minnesota. I worked with George in Miami. You know, he was a guy that again, I think he is knows the value of his pick. He's not just going to give it up for anything. He's not, especially in a draft that does, that everybody is saying is not deep. The the the, the scouts have talking they're 16, 19 first round grades. There's 86 to 96 players on most draft boards. So for me, I think he looks in this and he goes, listen, I'm not shot in the ass with any of the offers. I don't want the quarterback because I believe in my guy right now. And he goes and he takes the next best player on the board, J.C. Horn. Love it. South Carolina. And Ryan and Ryan cheers. <laughs> I do cheer. I do cheer. JC's not going to last too much longer on my board. Um, but you actually had him drafted a little higher than I did, which is pretty fun. Um, I, I will say I was coming too. I was like, I can't wait to drop this on him because I'm going to have JC over him. I, I just said JC for a little under action on the over under as well. It was like 12 and a half. I'm like, give me the under, give me the under. But yeah, give me the under. I have number nine. I have a quarterback falling to him. So I'm just going to sit there with it because I think, again, I get it. If you're not a big, whether it's Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or those guys don't tickle you, you know, they're, they're just not your guys. You don't love them too much. I understand it. Like, I get it. But Drew Locke's bad. I'm breaking news here on the podcast for all Denver fans out there. Drew Locke is a bad he's quarterback. Hearts. Dude, he's, I mean, like, David, I I honestly didn't hate him coming out. I really didn't. I think I had, like, a late second or an early third. Like, I did not dislike him. I swear I didn't. But, like, I've just watched him over the last two years. He's not He's not good. I mean, so are we going to hear you? But, like, I like – I honestly like him better than Mac Jones, and I like him better than Fields. Like, I don't – I do the comparison, and I'm like, you know what? Fields might edge him in some areas, but between the ears, they're both bad. And therefore, it's like, why would I take Fields and quit on this guy and then pass on a J.C. Horn who, again, Horn could turn into Champ Bailey and be in my, 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 my starting corner for the next, you know, my shutdown corner, my Jalen Ramsey, my whatever you want to compare him to, you know? Right. And it's like, why would I pass on a player like that for a question mark on a quarterback? Well, I gave Denver here number nine, the the quarterback that fell for me because I'm not lower on on Mac Jones as well. Zach Wilson fell for me. So Zach Wilson is going to go to the Denver Broncos this year. But a perfect segue, David, perfect segue. I had the Dallas Cowboys taking J.C. Horn at 10. I have been told that the former South Carolina defensive back coach, Coach T. Robb, who is now at the University of Miami, has a pretty good relationship with Dan Quinn. Obviously, now the new defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's a good match. I think they need desperate help at cornerback. I think J.C. Horman is a phenomenal football player. I think that it makes a ton of sense here to start rebuilding that secondary because you have Trevon Diggs, second-round pick last year, who wasn't too good anyway. And then what else do you have at cornerback? So J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina, off the board for me, number 10 to the Dallas Cowboys. 
And here I, I got to go the next best corner, which is Patrick Sertan Jr., number two. Love it. You yep. know, I think it's defense all day for Dallas. If they do anything on offense, Jerry Jones needs to be escorted out of the building. And they need hmm. to take a page out of the Carolina Panthers book last year, all defense, all day, all the way to the seventh round. Don't matter what – take the offensive stickers and boards off, off. Just take it off. We're only going defense, boys. Here we go. But – here is Patrick Sertan Jr. I think Pat actually might wind up being the best all-around corner out of this class. JC is going to be the biggest, the physical guy. I think he's the longest. But Pat has such great technique, great ball skills, and body control and balance coming in and out of his breaks. I really am impressed with him. I've known him since he was like nine. And, you know, this is a kid that continually, continuing every step of the journey, he's he's impressive. And I think the Dallas Cowboys can't pass on Pat Sertan Jr. I love Pat Sertan too, man. I, I think it, it, so. It, it, you, a lot of people in the media field, it's like, okay, you can't like one without liking the other. It's a close conversation for me. It is. I, you know, I'm a big JC guy, but anybody that has a higher grade on Pat, on Pat Sertan or prefers Pat Sertan, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. So I, I love the pick. I think he is. Not only very talented, not only has length, not only can play in, in different schemes. I think he's very scheme versatile. I think his floor is high because I think he's just so technically sound. I can't see him just not being successful. I think he's going to be at least a good corner with potential to be a very good corner. So good pick there. I have now we're moving on to the New York Giants. I'm going to let you start with this one, David. Another team that's a little hard to pin down. I think this might be a trade back team, uh, uh, potentially too, depending on who Gentlemen falls. Gentlemen does not trade back. I know, but it should be, David, because the board always falls, and it's just like, uh, like I don't love it. I just don't love it for this team. But who would you have for him? I have him trading back. <laughs> what? You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> I have Gettleman finally trading back. He swaps with the New England Patriots. So the Giants are now at 15. New England's on the clock. And New England takes Justin Fields. Which is such a – which okay, the Justin Fields-New England fit for a second. It's fantastic because if there was a guy that he does remind you of a little bit, it's, obviously he's not quite as big. But Cam Newton is like stylistically somewhat similar exactly. to how he plays. So I, I, I do like the fit. That's why I say that it's going to be tailored. New England wants to get the quarterback of the future. They're out of the top 10 money. So right at 11, they can afford to come get it and come up 15. To, and that makes sense for Gettleman to get a, to collect some more picks, just fall to five. Because, again, the player I think they would have taken at 11 will probably more than likely be there at 15. And, therefore, it's the first time Gettleman trades back the crowd goes wild. Everybody gets excited, and New England gets their quarterback at eleven, which is Justin Field. Uh, I man, I, hey, trading back. I love it for Dave. I know he doesn't do it. I know he doesn't do it, but it just makes so much sense this year with how this board is going to fall. But I had him sticking firm because again, I, I don't want to deal with the the logistics of what, who's getting what, what's getting where. Like don't we can talk lazy. about it. Don't be lazy. I'm not being lazy. You know, I'm, I'm a new dad and time is limited at some point. So <laughs> I have them sticking at 11. And so offensive line is a position that they have always valued heavily. Obviously, Mr. Gettleman has. I know that they have this past draft invested in a first round pick, a high first round pick. And Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Matt, Matt Pert was a, a 
guy out of UConn that I liked a ton. And I think he played pretty well, honestly, when he got in at right tackle. But I'm going to bring in an offensive lineman here that I think could fit potentially inside for them at either guard spot, maybe center eventually. Maybe he can even play right tackle, depending on what the scheme is. I'm going to give him Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern just because I think he's a guy that is that has the potential to be, what's the best five that it can get out there? What's the best five? Because I think he can back up all three interior positions. Some people prefer him at offensive tackle. I'm one that prefers him a, a little bit inside. Right now they have Will Hernandez coming back from injury who has been very up and down at guard. They have Shane Lemieux at, at another guard spot that is – you know, both rookie those guys last year played left. So yeah, one of them would right. have to switch over. Right. One of them would have to move over anyway. What is good? What are the guard spots going to look like? I know they have Nick Gates, who they kind of like at center, but he's also still a relatively unproven player. So I think that Rashawn Slater is an instant upgrade over one of the interior spots. At worst, if he's a tackle eventually, let's see. Is he an outlier? It's a conversation we can have down the road potentially. For now, he's a starting interior offensive lineman. For an offensive line that was not very good last year, let's improve the offensive line here with Sean Slater. Well, and they lost their you know their right guard in free agency, and I agree with you. If they stay there, that makes a lot of sense. But you have to have the conversation with the kid that he's coming inside and he's going to be happy to play inside because a lot right. of the, the rumors and conversations out of that camp is that he's a tackle. And if he's going to be grumpy and grumpy, you're just not going to do it. Like Gettleman just won't do it because he's like, you know what? I'm not going to take a kid when there's other kids there. Um, but again, I had them trading back. If they stay, that makes a lot of sense, Ryan. It, uh, it makes a lot of sense as long as the kid is okay kicking inside to play right guard because that does help them in a, in a, in a very big need area for him. I don't blame him for wanting to play tackle. I don't blame his camp for wanting to play tackle. Tackles make more money. I get it. It makes total sense. It's a more I paramount position. Of money nowadays. Well, they do, but I mean, hey, over an offensive tackle though, like it's not, it's not very comparable. The kid's never going to play left tackle. I've been there with Gallery. I've seen I the length agree. issues. He's I agree. never going to play left tackle. So just play guard and be happy and have a good year. And I think he could be a really damn good guard. To be honest, like, he could be think a he guard once he I goes inside so. and he shuts his hole. I think I think so. I think I think that there's a very good future inside. And and I, I would just like to say a lot of people make count it as a negative, like, oh, oh, he has to play. It's not a bad thing. Put a player where they fit best is not a bad thing. So I'm making it a bad thing. So right. shots later for me. Move it into the Philadelphia Eagles, about 20 minutes um west of me over the bridge. So Philadelphia Eagles for me, they need wide receiver help, they need cornerback help. If Rashawn Slater was on the board, I would also consider them consider him there because they have Brandon Brooks coming back from another Achilles injury. Their left guard, Isaac Ciamalu, is very replaceable, but unfortunately he's off the board. So I'm going to give him who the best corner or wide receiver is on my board, Patrick Sertan Jr. to the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it makes a ton of sense. They haven't had a good corner. David, they haven't drafted a cornerback in the first round since Lido Shepard. It's been a little bit of time, okay? It's been a little bit of time. But the last time he did, Lido turned out to be a good player. So – I'm giving him Pat Sertan. I think, again, I think he's scheme versatile. I think he's best in a press man system, but I think he can play zone. I think he can play off man well enough. I think he's a very good football player, and he is immediately the the top corner opposite Darius Slay. And finally, we have what looks like a good cornerback pairing in Philadelphia. And I don't believe so. So what I think how he's going to do here is go for jersey sales. Now, Slater makes a lot of sense for him. Don't get me wrong. Yep. And, and, you know, a guy who likes to build through the trenches myself, that might be the way I go if he's sitting there. And on my board, he is sitting there. But Howie is in dire need of a wide receiver. 
just dire need. This offense needs a wide receiver. They they're going all in with this quarterback. You got to give him a weapon. And when you got this guy still sitting there at twelve, at twelve, are they are they, are they going all in on the quarterback? I, I don't think they are. But if yeah, they're sitting there going with this quarterback with your young offensive minded head coach, and you're sitting there with this guy at twelve, you got to take the Heisman Trophy winner. You got to take Devontae Smith. You got to bring him in and let him do his thing and sell those jerseys. And and you know what? I think the Eagles fans would be very excited to see the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama don the Eagles colors. I know how he's very cheap. You know, he li- likes to put the money on the back end of contracts and stuff. The good thing is he'll be able to save money off of meals with Devonta Smith, a whole 166 pounds of him. So that's good. Nice pick there, David. Um, so Philadelphia Eagles now moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles Chargers. So Chargers obviously struck gold last year with Justin Herbert, who had a phenomenal rookie year, set the touchdown record for a rookie. I think he threw 31 total touchdowns. What are you giving them, David Turner, to continue this rebuild? And what seems like a pretty solid foundation, to be honest? This might surprise people here. Uh-oh. But it's more scheme fit than anything why I'm going to say this. Mm. Christian Darasaw. Okay. Because the way they run their offense there, and he, to me, he's the next real tackle. I know Slater wants to play tackle, but he's not that guy to me. So for me, I think Darasaw from Virginia Tech fits their offensive scheme, gets them a really good tackle at 13, and helps them protect their quarterback. So for me, I, I think Christian is, is going to be the guy here from Virginia, the, the tackle from Virginia Tech going out west to guard the uh, – Justin Herbert. I have taught David Turner well. I also have them taking Christian Darasaw offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. It's just too much of a need, man. Their left tackle position is a mess. It's bad. It's awful. It's not good. Offensive line isn't very good in general, to be honest. So need to upgrade it. They need to protect their guy. They saw you saw again. We already talked about what happened with Joe Burrow last year when you did not give the necessary protection necessary for a franchise level quarterback. You need to protect your guy. They have good wide receivers. Defense has some stalwarts on it, like Joey Bosa and Derwin James coming back from injury. There's a lot to like about this Chargers team. You need to protect your franchise quarterback. So I also have him going Christian Darrisaw. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. I also am – you're going to see a little bit of a uh, trend here. I like to build through the trenches. Minnesota's offensive line last year. Let's think of adjectives to describe. Bad, putrid – Awful, disgusting. It was bad. It was bad. So again, I'm going to improve this offensive line here. I am going to bring Elijah Vera Tucker, who played left tackle for USC, but he is a true guard on the inside to protect Kirk Cousins, at least for the immediate future. I think that what you talk about with the glaring needs is on on this team. Defensively, they need some upgrades in some spots. But the, I just think that the offensive line, on, like when you talk about what is one of the most, one of the most least productive and least desirable units in all of football, not only on the offensive line, in just a position group in general, Vikings are bad. So Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman out of USC to help on the interior for the Minnesota Vikings. And the Minnesota Vikings have traded their pick, number 14, to number 19 pick with the Washington football team. Okay. Washington has come up and we will be selecting Mac Jones. 
Oh, that's gross, dude. It's gross. Mac Jones will be going number 14 to the Washington football team because they need a quarterback. They need a guy that's going to come in, fit with Ron Rivera, fit with the scheme that they're that uh the Turners like to run. And and you know what? Mac Jones in this quarterback class, this one here, actually fits their scheme really well. So I believe if he's sitting there at 14 and Washington's at 19, Minnesota will trade back. And they because the guys that the guys that they are interested in probably will be there at 19. So coming up will be the Washington football team to get Mac Jones. So David, who was the first NFL franchise that Kirk Cousins played for? Just, uh Kirk Cousins, Washington. Right? The Washington football team or the Washington yeah. Redskins at that point. Right. So Washington is now trading up to get the new Kirk Cousins. It's fantastic. Exactly. Um, exactly. Look, I'm just not there with Mac. I'm just not. I just don't think. Uh, I just don't. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. So I, I'm not going to reach for a quarterback in this situation. I understand the move. I think that Minnesota would be in the market to move. I just, just don't like the pick, to be honest. So No, I, uh, I, I hear you, but I think Minnesota actually would entertain about uh, drafting Mac Jones themselves because Kirk Cousins on his last year of his deal, if I remember correctly, and but, now you're replacing Kirk Cousins with a younger Cousins. Kirk Cousins. And and you're and again, you got that guy with Jefferson, and you got some, you know, you still got some tools around him. So and you're and you're gonna get a young Mac, you know, Mac Jones and a and a rookie contract moving forward over Kirk Cousins next year. So again, I think they entertain that move, but at the end of the day, they move back and they and they they pick their player later. And right there, Washington comes up to get him because he's the last quarterback that I think is worthy of a first-round pick, and they really need to have something in 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 the in the uh, reservoir because you know they only got uh, Fitzmagic for one year. So you have so Minnesota. We're just talking about it for a second. So you have Kirk Cousins, right? right. You have Kirk Cousins, who has bit, who's just not good enough to win a Super Bowl. He's not good enough to get to a Super Bowl. So let's replace him with another guy that is going to keep you a quarterback purgatory. No, David Turner, I disagree. I disagree, but I want. But we can't dwell on this pit too long. We got to move. They're giving the Kurt Corzins two contracts. I don't care. Nearly fully guaranteed. I don't contract. want it. I don't want. Why it wouldn't you want contract. the cheaper, younger version? I, I want a different version. I want a better version. <laughs> I don't want the same version. I don't want to be cheap. I want good. I don't want affordable. Um. Okay. Sorry. New England Patriots, you traded their pick, but all right. So are we saying if they stay at 15, who would you take? Or what are we doing here? Who's no, you, I'm taking the New York Giants pick here. You're taking okay. New England here. Okay. So I will go to New England then real quick. Uh, quarterback that I'd like isn't there. I'm not taking back at 15. I know people are going to be upset. I don't care. I'm going to take who you took a couple picks ago. I'm going to give them a weapon for – Cam Newton for a year, and then they'll figure out the quarterback position, but whoever the next quarterback is is going to fall into Devonta Smith here at 15, which I think is tremendous value. I think he's a good football player. I think at this this spot, value for me is what really is set. It really is the upside here because I think he's the best football player on the board, and I think that you're setting whatever the future is up with a good weapon here in Devonta Smith. No, I think he's a great weapon, but again, for New England, Cam can't hit him. Because he can't throw past that's 10 right. yards, so that's it's going to be an issue. That's all right. Second-year wide receiver, he's going to have a new quarterback in there, and you know it'll be off and running. All good. Well, 
I'm back here at 15. New York Giants have traded back. They still wound up getting the pick that you probably, I think you took for him back up at 11 in Rashawn Slater on my pick. So, you know, I think he's a guy that's sitting here at 15. He fell to him. Gettleman did the draft math, knew he was going to get either him or the USC kid here at 15, and both of them could help him fix the interior offensive line. And by doing so, he he got a better value for Slater at 15 than he would have at 11. Okay, fair enough. Hey, we agree. Rashawn Slater's in New York Giants. It sounds like a good call for me. We are about to be halfway through this mock draft. We have an ad-free show for you. We are going straight through Arizona Cardinals. Davis, another one. I think they were a trade-back candidate because I, I, I just am having trouble figuring out who they would want at this spot, what the board looks like. I don't think there's going to be a big difference between what the board looks like now and a couple spots down potentially, but I am going to keep them here because that's just the the theme of my show today. I'm going to give them a player that I think I'm higher on than some people are, and it's fine. I'll be higher on him. Uh, I'm going to be right at the end. So Eric Stokes, cornerback out of the University of Georgia. I like Eric Stokes a bunch, man. I don't understand. I thought I liked him more than you. No, no, no. He's my um. He's my corner. He's my third ranked cornerback after Horn and Sertan. I am a big Eric Stokes guy. Absolutely. I think that he is long, athletic, ran in the four twos. I think he's explosive in short areas. He's pl- at Georgia. They played him in press man, off man, zone. They asked a lot of him in different types of coverages, and he had a really nice season this year. So I think Eric Stokes checks the boxes. I'm not really sure why my more people aren't talking about him. In the top 20, because again, he has the length and the athleticism and he had the production. So and in, in the SEC conference as well, and was a three-year starter in the conference. So I'm a little confused why there's not more buzz, but here he is off the board for me, Eric Stokes to the Arizona Cardinals, which have to replace Patrick Peterson now. Yeah, and you know, again, I agree with you there that you know Pat Peterson needs to be replaced. I don't have Stokes going here this high. You know, I'm kind of bouncing between a few players right now, trying to figure out which one makes more sense, whether it be Quinny Pay or Caleb Farley or Tevin Jenkins, you know, because I, uh, you know, I think they need to, um, they definitely need to help in a lot of areas. So, like you said, if they traded back, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know who people would be coming up to get. That would be my thing. Like right here. Um, o- Ojolari is still on the board. Um, J- JOK is still on the board for us. I like, but, not, not to interrupt you, I do like the Ojolari fit though, just because they, he kind of fits that Hassan Reddick role that they just had this past year, but that's just my my opinion. Right. And I, but I think like you, they have to address the, the cornerback position. I think they can trade back and get Stokes, trade back and get Farley. I just don't know who their trade partner would be to come up to 16 with the group of players that are sitting there right now. So I'm going to have them stay pat, and I honestly think they're going to go with Caleb Farley over Stokes. And, and again, a lot of people talk about his back surgeries, but I've talked to a few people. They're not intimidated by it. I guess whatever the surgery is was minor. So for me, I think with what they saw from Farley, he they're going to grade him over Stokes, not saying – you know, I just think that this is where they're going to go with it. And um, I think they're going to wind up going Caleb Farley here at 16. See, I think Stokes, if he, I mean, 
Stokes. I think if Farley hits, like I get it because he has that length and he's a super athlete. I, I think ball skills are incredible. He's a former wide receiver recruit. I get the fa- fascination. It's For me, though, it's not only just the back. I think that there's some high inconsistencies on its tape, but then also we're talking about a torn ACL in the past on top of the recurring back issues. Like there's just – I don't know. I just think there's too many red flags. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to end up falling out of round one. I think he's a round one talent. I just think there's a little bit of concern there. But we're going to move on to the Las Vegas Raiders team that David knows very well. David, I'm going to let you kick it off here, obviously. The weird offseason so far for the Raiders. Um, trading away Trent Brown, getting rid of Rodney Hudson, their center, just a little bit of an odd offseason. Who do you think that they have? Well, again, you, you nailed it. They need offensive line help. They need somebody that's going to fill some of these chasms that they created in the free agent market. So to me, this is where Tevin Jenkins goes. I think the big Oklahoma State tackle helps fix uh, a need for them, steps right in at right tackle. Um, and plays well for him right away and, you know, kind of brings some nastiness to the offensive line. See, I wanted to go Tevin. I really did because we watched, actually watched Tevin together. You know I like Tevin. Tevin is a super mm-hmm. physical guy that I think could fit in at all, right tackle, but I think he could also move inside potentially. I think he's a, a, a versatile piece that could potentially back up multiple spots too. But I went a little different. I understand they need offensive line help. From what I've read, though, they have a couple young guys that they really do like, and I think that it's a deep offensive line class, so I think second round potentially they could still get a starter. I'm going to go with a little bit of a different outlook here. Their defense wasn't great last year, especially was not great on the second level. They they signed Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski, who both were not very good last year. So I think that you have the opportunity in a good linebacker class to get a difference maker. I have them going Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. I think versatile piece, physicality, could wear multiple hats. I think he could be a Mike. I think he could be a Will. I think he could be a Sam. I think he could play all three spots in their 4-3 defense. I like Zayvon Collins. I think Zayvon Collins would be a tremendous fit and bring a lot of versatility to the defense. No, I know you like Zayvon. I just don't know if that's going to fix the holes they have. in offensive line, I mean, it wasn't – to me, there was – so when Russell Wilson was talking about being traded, he said, I'll go to Oak or I'll go to the Raiders because yeah. of the offensive line. And then they traded and got rid of two of their guys. <laughs> so then he's like, yeah, maybe not. So, you know, I think it's just such a glaring hole. And the, and the one player that's again, value at the 17 pick for him is, is, is Tevin Jenkins. Zayvon Collins is a good player. I just don't see him going 17. If they wanted him, they could trade back and, and, give up the tackle because I think somebody here, you know, maybe even 21 Indianapolis might want to come up and get the tackle or something so they could trade back to them. But at 17, I think Zayvon Collins is, is, is the value is not with there, not right there. For, for all you betters out there, the over-under, I believe, on Zayvon Collins going is 24 and a half. So obviously I'm going the under here on Zayvon. Move it into David Turner. Move it into the – Miami Dolphins. I know you mentioned this guy's name a couple picks ago. I am going to give Miami their replacement for Kyle Van Noy. I'm going to give them Aziz Ojolari, the pass rusher, outside linebacker, will fit into this 3-4 system, will, for me, become their best outside track rusher. They have a bunch of power plug guys. They got a bunch of converters on the edge playing defensive ends, but they don't have a guy for me that is that outside track rusher that can threaten with a, threaten the arc with a ton of speed. I think that Aziz Ochilari is that guy. 
And I think that he fits that Kyle Van Noy role. So we're adding him for me in my mock. After we went Jamar Chase with the sixth overall pick, we get a player on defense here in Aziz Ojolari. I'm going defense too. I just have a different guy. I got a guy that I think fits their scheme, fits their system a little bit better. And again, um, you know, I went with Micah Parsons in the first pick, right? Yep. Yep. And I'm going to go back to defense here for them in the second with their second first round pick to give this 10 win team more of a threat up front. And I'm going Jason Owa from Penn State. Oh, you made him. You made him French. You made Jason Owe French. Owe. Owe? Okay. Owe. I, I, I like it, man. Oh, I like Owa better. Gonna- Owa sounds Owe. better to me. Jason Owa. Jason Owa. I like from, it. I like you it. know the defensive end linebacker hybrid kid from Penn State. Now you're adding again two important pass rushers with Micah Parsons and Jason uh, Owa up front. And and these guys can get after the pass right. You look at their look at their division again. You still have to go through New England. You still have to go through the Jets and Buffalo. Buffalo's emerging. That quarterback runs more than anybody, right? Like he he really runs a lot. So when you add these two athletic people, teammates, both from Penn State, both know each other, both freak athletes, to go hunting down the Bills quarterback, I think that is is a is a it's a great recipe for success for, for Miami Dolphins to get these two Penn State kids in the first round. I, I mean, I think they're walking away with, you know, champagne glasses, very French, right? Champagne glasses, getting both Parsons and, and Jason in the first round. Yeah, Jason always a obviously a high upside kid. I mean, he, they built this kid in a lab, to say the least. And, you know, broken record from Ryan Roberts. I always talk about how important athletic traits are for defensive ends, outside linebacker, pass rushers, and offensive tackles. Owe clearly has those traits. We're talking 40-plus-inch vertical at 257 pounds or whatever he was. Apparently ran in the four, high four threes, low four fours. So the kid is a freak. If he puts it together, he's fantastic. You might not get the – I don't think you're going to get the instant impact year one, but looking into year two, year three. Right. I think that's when you're really going to hit with a guy like Jason Oway, potentially. Moving into the Washington football team, David, I'm going to let you go first, but I will tell you, this is my perfect, uh, not perfect, this is my favorite player team fit here. Don't let me down. Go ahead. Well, I'm not because I already met, trade. They trade up in Mac Jones in my spot, right? Well, that's that's not the perfect fit. That's not perfect. Yeah, so I got Minnesota here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, sitting, um, sitting here now at the uh, 19th pick, I think they're going to wind up getting the same, a similar player that they wanted um, all along, which is the USC offensive lineman. Oh, where's I, I lost his name. Oh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker. Thank you. So at 19, uh, the Minnesota Vikings will take Elijah Vera Tucker to help fix their offensive line. Like you said, in your mark, but I think they just did it here at 19, picked up some extra draft capital, and still got a very good player sitting there waiting for him. I like it. I like it. I like it. I mean, we both had Minnesota taking Elijah Vera Tucker, so we're on the same wavelength there. Washington football team. Again, I'm not taking Mac Jones because I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not. 
Sorry, sorry. If you're a Big Mac Jones fan out there, I'm sorry to hear that, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I can't get also Ryan at MavericksSportsConsulting.com. That's fine. I said it there. Yes, I said it there. It'll it'll kick back to you really quick. So yeah, please do that. Um, this is my favorite fit, David. One of them. One of the top two or three, I think. Scheme fits for player, whatever. Blah blah blah. Let me guess. Oh, J. Okay. You got it. Good job, David. Yes. I knew where you were going with this. I knew you could. It's been too far into this draft before you took a Notre Dame player. JOK had to be coming up on your board. JOK, I don't, I'm not shocked at all. Go ahead and explain why. Let me explain Jeremiah Wusakormoa's impact on this defense. You have a great front four now. You have depth at that position too. One of the best defensive line, maybe the best defensive line. We're talking about depth in the entire National Football League. Secondary is pretty good too. Landon Collins has been a little up and down, but hey, they're improved the cornerback position. It's turned into a strength all of a sudden. Secondary is pretty good. Second level, not too great. Paul Holcomb's an okay football player, nothing special. They have a hole at linebacker. For me, Ron Rivera, how he runs his defense, we talk about David was was down in Carolina when they had Shaq Thompson, right, playing they uh, kind of an yeah, undersized Sam Thomas Davis, though. Well, uh, I don't th- I don't think so, though, because this is how I see him. Ready? So that undersized Sam Backer that's going to play in space a ton has the coverage ability. Jeremiah Wusakoromoa came into Notre Dame, was actually slated to be a starting out uh, starting safety for Notre Dame early in his career. And then he moves into this 4-2-5 system, and he plays that uh, rover position, which is basically a displaced Sam. Usually people take that Sam backer out now. They put a nickel in. He's playing an overhang position. He has experience playing this spot. He's physical. I don't think he's a true inside guy. I don't think he's a true plugger. I think this guy is a space player that's going to work from depth, that's going to do a lot of great things. And I think playing that Sam backer role and then, hey, maybe when you're in sub packages, you can throw him into Will Linebacker because I think he has the speed and athleticism to do great, great in, in run support from um, in pursuit, I should say. I think that it's a really nice fit. I think he plays and looks a lot for me, in my opinion. What, what, what like I picture Shaq Thompson coming out of the University of Washington. I think that there are similar players. I think stylistically they're going to fit together. And I think that they, that Washington, no matter if you want to label him as a safety or a linebacker or Will or Sam or wherever you are are labeling this kid, this is an impact second-level defender for the Washington football team. Yeah, like I said, I think he's more going to be a Will. And he, and Thomas Davis played safety in college, if I remember correctly, too. So He did, he did early in his career at Georgia. Yeah, yeah you are correct. And, yep. and so, you know, I, I see him similar body style and type as him. Um, so for me, I, I, I agree with you. A scheme fit Washington – uh, JOK makes sense for that if they stay there at 19 and they're not going to take the quarterback and they're not going to you know try to fix that hole um, yep. you know because their front seven's already scary and adding him to the mix will make it even more so winning their division again you think how to build to win the division Dallas is loaded on offense um, with a lot of receivers Mike you know running back all that stuff and you got the Giants that if healthy they could turn it around. They got a lot of weapons and opportunity to do things there. Uh, Philadelphia is, to me, just kind of a mess. So they have a chance to win their division. They won it last year. They got into the playoffs. Um, and adding Fitzmagic really should help that because I, I like Fitzmagic still in his career where he's at. So 
Um, but yeah, having this defense lead the way, which is a Ron Rivera style of building a team, makes a lot of sense. So the next couple picks are big offensive line heavy teams. So if with the Chicago Bears to pick 20, I'm going to give them a guy that you picked a couple selections ago. I'm going to give them Tevin Jenkins here because I think that whether you're upgrading the right tackle position or you're right, upgrading an offensive guard position, I think Tevin is immediate plug-and-play player. I think that he's super physical. I think he works the second level well. I think he overwhelms players at the point of attack a ton. So he might fit better in guard and tackle, but I think he has enough uh, requisite athleticism to play on on the outside. But I think that this is a ready-made starting caliber offensive lineman from from the jump for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know, I I, I was looking at it when I was writing my mock-up, and I just don't. I mean, and again, people are going to jump on me for this one. But I don't see uh, a 20th offensive lineman here that fits their scheme. You know, I don't think Cosme and, and Spencer Brown fit their scheme. So for me, I'm like, I don't see the value. But I do see the value here on loading up on this defensive front. And you got Aziz uh, Ojolari sitting there sparing at the face at 20. And I'm like, oh. You know, on the other side of Khalil Mack, on the other side of Khalil Mack, and you got him, and then you got uh, they they signed the big money guy uh, two years ago from Dallas. Um, that you know, again, they can either get rid of or they can oh, kick Robert him inside. Quinn, yeah, yeah, Quinn. So they can either kick him inside, they can have a NASCAR type package on third and fourth or second and third downs. So I'm like, man, this the value of this kid sitting here at 20. Just I, I wouldn't be able to pass them up to load up on that defense and really start to win that that division. You got to beat the Packers, and if, if the, the more you hit Aaron Rodgers, the worse he gets. So you know, loading up on him and loading up on the defense with uh, the Georgia outside linebacker, defensive end, whatever you want to play him at. Ojolari is where I would go if I was Chicago right here. So I mentioned two teams back to back have big offensive line needs. Is there a is there a player so you didn't love the fit one of these offensive linemen at, with Chicago at twenty? Is there any offensive lineman that you think fits well with the Indianapolis Colts potentially at twenty one? I think there's an incredible offensive lineman at twenty one that fits perfectly with their stylistic in their theories and everything they love about football players, and that's Spencer Brown. And so I think Spencer Brown. You know, goes in there. Uh, they just lost the Boston College kid. He, he retired. Anthony Costanzo. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think this kid becomes their staple right tackle for the next 10 years. And he fits with Ed Dodds. He fits with, you know, what they like there uh, in, in their room. I, th- I think he's a perfect fit for them. Whereas I don't think he's a good fit for Chicago. Indianapolis actually might try to trade up to 19 to get in front of Chicago to make sure they get him or up to 18 to get him and make sure that, you know, they have him in their room. But I think Spencer Brown is a person that will fix a good hole for them and uh, be a guy that will be around the Colts for a long time. So breaking news, Spencer Brown is going to be in my mock draft. Breaking news again, he's not going to be here, though, at 21. I think that they are going to be searching for a guy that has experience playing left tackle because, like you said, Anthony Costanza was out the building. I think that Spencer Brown has more than enough length and athleticism to potentially do it. But I like Samuel Cosby from Texas. I think that he's a plug-and-play guy at left tackle, mixing in with Quentin Nelson and Mark Lewinsky and Ryan Kelly and Brayden Smith. Again, that offensive line is 
cemented as one of the best, maybe the best in all of football. They obviously the glaring need is at offensive tackle. Let's see if they can keep Carson Wentz upright. I know you're probably not a big fan of Carson Wentz being in the building, but for an injury prone quarterback, the all important left tackle position, Samuel Cosme from Texas is my selection. Yeah, I'm not a big Cosby fan. He is in my mock, and, and he is coming up. But he's a nice not, athlete, man. He's really yeah. Nice he's athlete. a nice athlete, but I think Spencer Brown just fits what the Colts want in an attitude. You don't have to. You do not have to sell me on Spencer Brown, my friend. You know me at this point. I know. But we are moving on to the Tennessee Titans. This one for me was pretty easy. Let me be very honest. I keep mocking this guy to him because I just think it makes so much sense. I, I think it's what they need. So they lost all wide receivers this year. They have A.J. Brown, who's a phenomenal football player, one of the best in the NFL at a very young age. I think he's still only 22 years old, which is insane. They lost Corey Davis. They lost Adam Humphreys. They lost another wide receiver that's not as good, but he's a, he was a secondary piece. He was a depth piece for them. So they need wide receiver help. I think that – so for me, A.J. Brown is a guy that can play a little bit inside out, but I think in the slot as a yak guy, like that's his best spot. Like that is where he excels in short areas, breaking tackles, dominating second-level defenders. Like that's for me where he fits best. So I need a guy outside to fill that Corey Davis role. And I actually listened to your show with the with the kids earlier, right? And I think someone brought him up. I think it makes total. I think it makes total sense. I love the value here. I think that he fits what they need. Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I think he's that boundary wide receiver that can work against press. He has speed. I think he has great hands. I think he is a catch point monster. Rashad Bateman, twenty two to the Tennessee Titans to continue their um, their nice. Jay Rob is never going to make a mistake like that. No. Why is it a mistake? Why is it a mistake? Why thin framed? Shorter receiver. He's what? Only six, six one. one. He's six yeah, one. he's six it's one. You were just talking about yellow. You cannot praise your boy Devonta Smith at six foot and some change, one hundred sixty six pounds, to call this boy's thin framed. You cannot do it. Go ahead. He's not. He is. He's thin framed and he's he's six one. And I don't. I don't believe in him. Like to this point, I don't have him in my first round. I'm not mocking oh, him man. here tonight. So oh, I think he's a second round type receiver. And I think he'll be a very good receiver. Don't get me wrong. I just don't have him in the top 32 players in the, in this draft. That being said, oh. the Tennessee Titans, to me, have two glaring needs, which is pass rush, which they try to fix with Bud Dupree, you know, um, and they need offensive line. So for me, I think Samuel Cosme, Cosme makes sense here, but – I'm not going that route. Why? Because I'm a pass rush guy. I'm a guy who wants to put quarterbacks on their back. I'm a guy who, when I look at it, Indianapolis has a good offensive line. I got to get through it. I got to beat them up. I got to come in there and get and get to the quarterback. So I'm going pretty pay from Michigan to come in and help my pass rush get to Indianapolis, Houston, and all these quarterbacks that are in my division. Quiddy pays overrated. <laughs> You're overrated. That's fine. I know I am. That's all good. I didn't pick him in the top 10. I picked him at 22. I, so he's going to be in my first round just because he has traits. And we talk about how important traits are at defensive end. I just – something missing on his film, man. There's something he's missing. He's in the but, back third of my draft. I had to call him overrated. <laughs> look, you just stood on the table for this guy, all right? You stood on the table. I, I said, it. hey, Quiddy Pay, we got to get to the quarterback. We added Bud Dupree. We added the other guy. But you know what? We got to get there. And, you know, if we're going to pass on the Samuel Kazi, 
We Cosme, we gotta we gotta have a guy that can get there. And I think Quiddy pays the next best pass rusher right now on the board. You know, obviously Greg Rousseau is a guy we we would talk about right there. But for me, looking at this situation, Tennessee is more, I think, more the character background of Quiddy Pay fits what they're looking for. I'm gonna let you redeem yourself. You're back mm-hmm. on the clock with the New York Jets at 23. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Now, we've got the quarterback in the first pick. Yep. So, what are we going to go in the second pick? Tell me. Either wide receiver or offensive line, because you either got to get them a weapon or protection. Right? Yeah. Now, last year, they went and they, they drafted a left tackle. Yes. A very good one, by the way. A Kyle very Jackson. good left tackle. Yep. Wouldn't it be great to pair that guy with another tackle, another young tackle, In and theory. flip him onto the right side? Sure. Why not Samuel Cosme? Go has, into the, he, huh? has, he has experience playing right tackle at Texas as well. He has experience oh. playing right tackle at Texas. He's a guy that I think naturally will fit into their room, into their offensive line scheme, and I, I feel that he'll be a good right tackle for him. You go and got you have the left tackle already in the building. Receiver in this year's draft is deep. You could have went running back here with Najee Harris. You could have went with um, you know Eric Stokes even or uh, or another player. There's other opportunities like even uh, Kadarius Tony. You know if you want to give him a, a nice re- dump off receiver and let him run with it. But I think sewing up your offensive line. Joe Douglas came from a place in Philadelphia and down in, in uh, Baltimore that saw good tackle play and, and to have a guy like Cosme fall to them here and be on the board for him. I don't think he could pass that depth up and it's a five-year contract on your right tackle and you got a five-year deal on your left tackle. So now, and you got a five-year deal on your quarterback. So that's all cheap money on very key positions. And very expensive positions. So. Right. Very, I mean, those are premium positions to pay, and now you're able to sew it up with all first-round picks, and you don't got to pay the left tackle for four more years, the quarterback or the, or the right tackle for five more years. That gets you a lot of money on the table to take care of other positions in the meantime. Yep. I'm, I'm going to keep my analysis for the Jets short because I know David's going to hate it, so let's just keep it very short. <laughs> I'll I'm giving them – Jets haven't had a good pass rush in a long time, so I'm going to give him a pass rusher here. I know David has been on record that he would not take this guy in the first round because of some concerns. I'm giving him Jalen Phillips from Miami because I think at 23, it, dude, I think that he is a potential top 15 player in this class if there was no cloud to the to the durability concerns for him. I think he'd take a swing here. I really do. I think he's the most talented pass rusher potentially in this class in general. I really do. Jalen Phillips, defensive end, 23 to the New York Jets. Thanks for blowing that. It's, you know, blowing that pick. It's fine. It's all right because we're going to move on because, uh, you know, we're not going to cry and just, you know, get, get you know get complacent here. We're going to move I'll be shocked the- if we both don't have the same player for the next pick. Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. <laughs> yeah. On the back, exactly. Alabama. Okay. We can move through that one pretty quick then. That was pretty quick. I mean, home. there's nobody they want. Every People say we don't know what's happening at three, but we know what's happening at 24. So it's the one player they want. Wouldn't be surprised even if they traded up for for him, you know, at some point. But in a lot of the mocks and the math draft and draft math, he falls to twenty four, and he's right where they want him to be. They've been pretty vocal how how much they like him too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think it makes total sense. Moving on to 25, Jacksonville Jaguars with their second first-round pick after taking Trevor Lawrence in both of our mocks. Surprisingly, right? Like, who would have thought that was coming? <laughs> this one is a little bit of a weird one for me, David, because I don't love how the board falls to them at this 25th pick. Who did you have them take? You know, I bounced between Eric Stokes here and Greg R- Rousseau. Okay. And then I and then I and then I looked at Greg's measurables and everything, and he has similar measurables to Alden Smith. And remember, Trent Balky and Tom Gamble were in in um were in San Francisco when they took Alden. And I think this is a pass rushing type player that they can put on the other side of um, Josh Allen. And now you have bookends that are going and getting after quarterbacks in their division, um, and a pass rush that I know Tommy and Trent like to build from obviously working with them a little bit. They're big into that building the trenches, pass rush guys to get after the quarterback. So I think here, Greg Rousseau is their pick at, at the 25th. It wouldn't surprise me if it was Stokes the way my board is falling, but I think they couldn't pass on the pass rusher Rousseau. I did give Russo some thought, but for me, they have Josh Allen, who you mentioned. They just spent a first-round pick last year on Caleb Von Chason, who's going to play that other outside linebacker in their new 3-4 system. So they have their two outside pass rushers. So I gave them an interior defensive lineman here, the first interior defensive lineman off the board, I believe, for either one of us. I gave them, for for me, that's a really that's a big weakness for them. They don't have a guy inside. Taven Bryan, like who is their defensive tackle inside that you fear? There's nobody. I'm going to give them Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama, to pair inside. I feel like he could play anywhere from a one, true zero even. I think he could play three. I think he could play four I. I think he could be, even play out to five at some reps. Like obviously not a full-time player, but I think that he can move out and play multiple alignments. I think he's the best bet in this interior defensive line class. And not good one, by the way. It's not a good interior defensive line class. But if there's a guy that comes out of this class that I think has volume potential on the interior defense line as a pass rusher. I think it's Christian Barmore. And I think when you couple him with chase on and Josh Allen, who is, you know, going back to his rookie year in 2019, Josh Allen had 10 sacks. He looked like he was on the way to be a a great football player. Get a guy on the interior that needs some attention. Christian Barmore is my pick for Jacksonville here. I like Christian Barmore. I just don't think he's a fit for the defense. I think he's more of a natural, like you said, four, I three, in there, and so for their defense, I don't. I, I'm not sold on on that. Um, but again, I think him at the 25th pick is great value. It's great placement for his value. I'm with you on that. I just don't like the fit there. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm gonna stick though on the defensive line with the Cleveland Browns on the next one. A guy that you picked already, Quitty Pay. I'm gonna give him here. They got Jadavion Clowney for a year on the other side of Miles Garrett. Jadavion, like. He's a very good run defender. He's disruptive, but he's never been a high-volume sack guy. I think he's pretty overrated, to be honest. So let's get a guy that I think gives you an influx of pass rush, and then, hey, let's move Javadi Anklani inside on obvious pass rushing downs. Let's get Quiddy Pay on the field. You can't I think, move him inside. He's he's not, he's not skilled enough to play inside. He's I'm not, saying, all, I'm saying on obvious pass situations. I'm not no, saying he, only beat, he only beats tight ends and, and running backs for his sacks, so you can't put him in a guard situation. He doesn't get sacks anyway. Take him off the field. He, he doesn't get sacks him with anyway. a guard situation, he's just going to cry and he's going to quit. <laughs> he's well he should quit anyway because he's an overpaid not great football player that people think is good for some reason but i'm going to give him quitty pay here the long-term solution on the other side of miles garrett's obviously a defensive end at 26 for a guy with this type of athletic profile i think there's a lot of upsides to this. well what do you think about this 
Think about the front seven for Cleveland. And then think about adding Zayvon Collins to it. I love it. I, I just, from everyone that I'm hearing, they're just not going to draft a linebacker in the first round from what I'm hearing. But I do really like it. I have mocked it several times. I'll so be I'm honest with you. I think when you look at that front and you add Zayvon Collins to it, that's like adding nitrous to the, the fuel line. I really love him as a player. I think he's a very intelligent, instinctive linebacker. And when you got uh, Clowney and um, the what's the other guy? Miles Chuck? Garrett. Mar- Miles Garrett. Sorry, Miles Garrett on 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 the edges, and then he's in the middle. I think you got you got a really winning triangle right there to to pass rush, to run defense, to a lot of things. So I think you know they they would be stupid to, if he's sitting there. If Zane, if Zane Collins is sitting there, they would be really dumb to pass on him. Well, I mean, he should have been off the board at 17. So <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. If he's there, it's it's a very good conversation. But he wasn't for me, fortunately. Guy that I know that you picked already, 27 to the Baltimore Ravens. I am having come off the board here. We know that they just traded away. They're starting right tackle Orlando Brown. They have Ronnie Stanley coming back from injury, but they have a big hole at right tackle. I know they signed Alejandro Villanueva to be a stopgap for a year, whatever. If he plays for a year, it's fine. I'm still going to upgrade that position, long-term solution. I'm giving him Spencer Brown here to play that right tackle spot opposite of Ronnie Stanley. We want to talk about length. We want to talk about athleticism. We want to talk about bookends. I think that he is the starting right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens for the foreseeable future, and I think it's tremendous value here at pick 27. I think it's a tremendous value at 27. And now that they 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 have the 31st pick, I think at 27, they can take a left tackle if they need them and, and they do need them. Don't get me wrong. But for me, you know, I already have Spencer off the board. I have Cosme off the board. So I don't have a, a tackle that's worth this, that position and, right. that, and, and that value. So for me, this is where I take Eric Stokes and I add him to an aging secondary I know they got a lot of money invested in the secondary, but come up next year, a lot of those guys need to move on from, you know, so kind of their last gasp. He can play in the nickel. He's an incredible replacement for the next year. And also if they have the contract flexibility to do a June 1st cut on one of the veterans after, tr- after drafting Stokes, they can do that and save some money for this year even, or at a training camp, they can make a move on a guy or trade a guy or do something with a guy like Stokes falling to them at 27. I mean, I think you had him going up in the top 15 and now I got him here at 27. So, um, you know, I think it's a heck of a value pick for them and they always do a great job with those value picks. Yeah. Baltimore is notorious for letting good football players fall to them. I had Stokes going 16th to the Arizona Cardinals. So a little bit of a difference there. Adding him to a room of Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith. I mean, if we're talking about depth-wise or just quality in general, best cornerback room in the football in the NFL. In possibly, right? I mean, and again, like, and again, when you add him to the room, you might be able to get kind of buy one of those other guys' salaries now. And and you know, if you're not if you don't have dead money on them, you could move on from one of those guys because Eric Stokes just fell to you in the first round. Right. And here, I think here's a little bit of a run on cornerbacks for us here in the late first rounds. I have here, <coughs> excuse me, the number 28th pick, the New Orleans Saints. I have them going Greg Newsom, 
cornerback out of Northwestern. I think it's a great scheme fit. They play a heavy dose of zone and man to kind of mix and match. He has played a ton at Northwestern. And right now, they have Marshawn Lattimore, a corner. And on the other side, they have Patrick Robinson ready to start, which is a disaster potentially. So I think they get the guy opposite of Marshawn Lattimore pretty early. I think Greg gives you, again, some some scheme versatility, some coverage versatility on the back end. And at pick 28, I think you get a starting caliber corner probably from day one. So Greg Newsom, Northwestern. Yeah, I don't like Greg Newsom, obviously, in the first round because of his injury concerns, and that's a guy that – I'm not a big fan of with that. His skill level. Oh, you had is, you had Caleb Farley going like top twenty. But I've it's, heard that those injuries aren't aren't concernable. So you know, that's a different it's a different situation. But also, you're looking at New Orleans, man. This is Sean Payton. He does not go on corner in the first round when he's got a glaring need at quarterback. And when you're looking at quarterback right here, I think you got to go with Davis Mills. No way, you're not doing Davis that, Mills is going not. to the New Orleans Saints you're at not pick 28. That. He's gonna go in the first round. He's gonna be the pick 28 going to the New Orleans Saints. It's you always got a wrench thrown in the first round. I feel this is the wrench I'm throwing because I, I do believe New Orleans is gonna pick either him or one of the other quarterbacks. But when I watch the the main the second tier t- quarterbacks here. I think J- Davis Mills is the guy Sean Payton's going to want. I like Davis Mills. I know I've you been, do. I've been vocal about You're the one who told me to watch him in the first place. He's my day two developmental guy. Like, I like Davis Mills. In the second round, I think I think Davis Mills is a good football player. I really do. Um, well, I think he That's has. Why New Orleans won't see him at their pick in the second round. I agree. So they got to take him in the first. And – and they already have the other quarterbacks for year one. So Davis Mills on a five-year deal, they, after year one, they still have him for four more. So I think that's why it makes the most sense to get, take the quarterback there, have him on the long deal, be able to let him sit behind these two guys in year one. They have a bunch of cap issue that they got to clear out of the room anyways this year. And then next year they can start building the team around them if they really like them. I don't hate the thought process. I'm just, this is my this is my inconsistency, <laughs> ready? So this is what the level I like Davis Mills. I'm like, oh wow, he can go in the second round. I think he's got developmental potential. And then now here is where the uh the draft process is taking him. I just can't get there. It's it's out kicking my coverage right now. I don't I don't <laughs> love I don't love him in the first round. I, I like him as a player. I think there's developmental potential, but I don't know. I mean, again, though, if if a guy if he is going to go in the first round, like landing with Sean Payton's a great spot, obviously for any quarterback in general. So I don't hate that. It's just it's a little funky for me. You like David, the match. You like the you like the match. You like the player. You just don't like the spot. Right, right. If this was the second round option for the New Orleans Saints, I would love it. I would be like, that's cool, man. I get that. I can deal with that. You'll roll with Jameis Winston or. Taysom Hill for a year, whatever it is, and then Davis is your guy because he hasn't started a ton. He needs kind of that acclimation period. But just it's just out kicking my coverage a little bit on that draft. Game. Well, and you can't have an Atlanta or a Miami come back up into New Orleans spot. New Orleans can say, okay, we'll take the best quarterback at 36 or 37 or whatever. I mean, that they're in the, the prime 28 to 32 spot to trade out of there. So – it could you be know. a trade. It could be a trade back spot. I agree. I, right. I think that it makes a lot of sense. I do. I do. And and again, if you trade into the, if you trade back into the early portion of the second round, 
then I'll be okay with it. It's still a little. I just don't think they can pass on him that if they if 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 they're sitting there and and you're not and Miami or Philly isn't coming up to get somebody. I don't yeah. think you can trade further back than that. Maybe Cincinnati wants to come up. They never do. They never trade like that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's because, again, I didn't take a quarterback for Denver in round one. That's a spot that maybe takes one in round two. So you got to make sure if you trade out of the 28th spot, you're in, in front of the 40th spot because you could start running into trouble there for picking up a quarterback that you want. So that's why I'm saying if the, if the trade out isn't a good trade out value, they just take mills there and they buy a year of development with that fifth year deal. I get it. I like the thought process on it. I really do. So we're moving on to a team that does not need a quarterback for certain. The green Bay Packers here at 29. They have Aaron Rodgers. Of course they drafted Jordan love in the late first round last year. So the quarterback position is off the table for them. David Turner, this team that is looking to push for a super bowl. How are you going to help them get there? In the trenches. <laughs> and I mean, I know there's receivers sitting there that are worth the, the look. You know, you got Kadarius Tony, you got uh, what Mathis down at LSU. I saw Bateman on the board. Um, you got guys that are there that, you know, could help the offense, a wide receiver. You, you, you definitely could go in a running back position or a corner. But I think, you know, they lost their long term center. And the best center on the board is still sitting there staring him at the face. And I think, you know, getting Creed Humphreys in there from Oklahoma will help them sew up that offensive line and protect Aaron, keeping him upright and then put a, a cornerstone, which they like to build around, which is the center position back in their building. This is a player who could play for a long time, staying healthy. So I'm going to say Creed Humphreys there from Oklahoma to sew up that center position. So the rumor around Green Bay right now is that Elton Jenkins, their all-pro offensive guard, is actually going to move over to center potentially. So maybe a little tidbit to keep an eye on there. I am going wide receiver because I felt like they needed to go wide receiver last year and they decided to go quarterback instead, which long-term might be a good option. But, you know, the window for Aaron Rodgers is starting to close you know a little bit he played great last year so it's not you know it's not like rapidly closing but like he's getting older so we need to help <laughs> him out so i gave them rondell moore wide receiver from purdue i think that this kid is dying yes baby i don't care how tall this boy is i don't care my dude is dynamic when they were their best in the passing offense they had their outside perimeter guys like james jones and jordan nelson and they had little Randall Cobb that would dominate. Not in five the seven. Hey, it was like five eight, five nine. Who cares? He anyway, was not five eight. It was like five nine. Um, okay, so now, go look it up. Look, Google it. Um, you might have been five ten. I don't want to Google them. I don't want to Google it. I don't want to Google it. Yeah. Well, he, oh yeah, they ran the wild Cobb. He was. A, who cares? Anyway. So Rondell Moore is a dynamic football player. And I think when you couple him with how Devontae Adams plays the game at the wide receiver position, more technician more size-oriented, more guy that is alignment versatile. I think that Rondell Moore is a dynamic weapon, especially after the catch. And, David, I'll tell you, I was on a Green Bay Packers radio station the other day, and I talked about Rondell Moore with the first pick, 
and they loved every second of it, okay? So Rondell Moore to the Green Bay Packers. Oh, don't you know? They don't know what they're talking about up there, don't you know? <laughs> they love you their got, cheese curds, is Tony sitting there. You got Mathis sitting oh, there. Oh, he's a bet. Yeah. Rondell Moore is better than both of them. Dude. You know, no. He's not a first-round wide receiver. I'm sorry. He's uh, not. Okay. okay. And, and, again, I hear what they're saying, but if you can get Creed Humphreys to come into play center, that guard can stay where he's at, and he's an all-pro guard there. So – it's like that that just helps solidify this offensive line, in my opinion. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No, you know, you want the five seven receiver. The pick number 30, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Another team that is on the cusp of a Super Bowl. Had a yep. very good year last year. I am going to give them. I think their offensive line is pretty good. I think their defense has a lot of th- a lot of nice um a lot of nice pieces. I think Stefan Diggs at wide receiver was fantastic. Josh Allen, of course, made the 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 third-year jump that was, I mean, he was an MVP conversation for most of the season. So I'm going to give them here. I think the missing piece of their offense, I'm going to give them Travis Etienne, running back, out of Clemson to give them a dynamic weapon out of the backfield, both as a runner and as a receiver, brings speed to that position that they don't have. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, more of one cut, let, get, gaining positive yardage, not creating explosive plays. I think this kid is where they get the explosive plays. Travis Etienne running back Clemson. I love Travis Etienne. You know that. I mean, preseason, I said he was my Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, this kid is dynamic. He's fast. He's got hands. He's willing to pass protect. He's everything you you like in a in a player. I think he came into his pro day a little heavy. You know, I I didn't still really ran four four one baby. I know. Still still, I think he could have ran a four a four three six if he would have. Oh, he could have. Yeah, if he yeah. would have just toned it down, it was a too heavy. Bit. It was too heavy. It wasn't good weight either. He needed to get no, on like he was puffy. He was puffy. Yeah. So you know, I love that. I don't like the pick for the Bills there because I think Williams, the running back from West uh, North Carolina, would fit their offense better. Devontae, yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I think it's a better fit. But I think this defense is on the cusp of being a very good defense, and right here. They have a, they, I, I really enjoy their safety play. I might be in the minority. I don't know. Oh, their safeties I are love, great. My, I my, love my, their my Yeah. And uh. I think for them, adding a corner, another big, long corner to that would help their pass rush get there. It would create smaller windows for re, uh, re, quarterbacks to throw into. So I'm going with Block Letters' favorite player. Oh, no. Don't do it. No, Iffy from Syracuse. Ifatu Melifanu. Yeah, Ifatu Melifanu from Syracuse. I think this kid has the length. He fits their system. He's a, he's a high character guy from what I've heard. So everything the Buffalo Bills want, and he's he's right there in upstate New York. They don't have to buy a plane ticket. The kid just oh. drives over. Big selling point. Yeah, Nate, I'm just saying he just drives <laughs> over. He's there. Um, but yeah, I think he, this makes the most sense for me at this pick with who's left on the board for for the Buffalo Bills. Lorenz would have been so proud, but he's unfortunately sleeping right he's now. He's sleeping so. right now. <laughs> yeah. Pick thirty-one, the second pick for the Baltimore Ravens. I gave them here, David. You gave you got put what you made this guy go way earlier than I'm having him go. I gave him a high upside pass rusher after getting Spencer Brown at twenty-seven. I gave them Jason Oway here. I think that that kid now as an outside track rusher with that type of athletic profile is what they need. 
I don't know if they're going to get the immediate return of him. I think they need maybe a little more immediate return, but it was just too much to pass up at pick 31. I thought this was tremendous value for this type of athlete. So I gave them Jason Oway from Penn State here to the Baltimore Ravens at 31. No, I, I hear you on that. I mean, if he's still sitting there at 31, uh, giving Wink Martindale a player like that to to bring off the edge, that's like unbelievable. I think Wink would be speed. I could pack up and leave the room. Okay, I don't need anybody else. I'm good. Thank you. Like, do whatever you want, Eric. I'm good now. But um, no, I, I think that's great. I already have him off the board, so I can't take him. Yep. So what I want to do is help this offense a little bit. I want to get this offense a little bit more juice. You know, obviously, I took uh, I took uh, was it Stokes to, to, to sew up that corner room even more and yep. make that that more dynamic. But here at 31, I'm going to give him Kendarius Tony. I think Tony getting the ball in his hands quick. He can make somebody move, accelerate past people. He's a very smart route runner. I've been talking about him all year long. I've made you throw up about loving the the Gators, and Tony's one of them that I, I really I think they underutilized him there. They got too involved with Pitts, and they and they they underutilized him and their running backs. I thought both their running backs and Tony really really were were. Potential. Tony's a dynamic player. The running backs were very good players, and uh, the offense got focused a little bit too much on just going to pits when they saw what a rare talent he was. And for me, I think Tony going to the Baltimore Ravens, where Greg Roman can dump him the ball in a in a bubble screen, hit him across the middle in a quick slant, some vertical stuff, and he fits in with Hollywood Brown and their other receivers because he's got a little bit more wiggle and elusiveness to him. I think he's a guy that would give this offense another dynamic player. I just noticed, I didn't even question this on you. You took Davis Mills instead of Kyle Trask. Didn't even notice that. Yeah. Gators. Change your tune there, huh? A little bit. Uh, No, I just think Mills fits with with Sean Payton. I really do. I think Sean Payton is going to want Mills. And when I watch Mills play, I'm like, man, this, if this guy gets with Sean and then I, I did the draft math and I saw it, I was like, Ooh, you know, that, that 28th pick, it might be this kid. So you got one more shot to get Kyle Trask off the board. Pick number 32 to the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. David Turner, your final pick of the night. Who do you got? My final pick of the night, and this is, you know, I, I love him. I think the Tampa Bay really – I think Tampa Bay might go wide receiver here, you know, because of their wide receiver situation going on. And if they do – you might wind up seeing a, a more slot like the 5'7 the kid you took or the uh, – was it? He has a name. He what, has a name. Rondell yeah, Ron- Moore. Moore. Yeah, okay. Yeah, or the, or the kid out of uh, – what is it, North Carolina? What's his name? Deion uh, Brown? Yeah, Brown. But for me, I'm like, you know what? Let's be honest. Gronk's getting a little long in the tooth. You oh. know – the the other tight end isn't really working out. He was drafted for another team, another time, another offense. Yeah. So when you got a guy whose nickname <laughs> is Baby Gronk, <laughs> and yeah. you're sitting there at the thirty second pick, which again they can trade out of. That I mean, I think it would be smart for them if somebody wanted to come up and get somebody else. Like you know, in my mock, I don't have ATN. I don't have Williams gone yet. If someone wanted to come up and get that player or another player that I didn't, if I didn't select your guy, you know, like a Nick Bolton or a Ronnie Perkins or a, a Dylan R- Rodez or whatever his name is from North Dakota State, you know, 
someone might come up to the 32nd pick and want to come get them. And I just let them fall out of the first round into my second. But for me, if they stay put and they're staying there and I say they would because they want to give another weapon to Tom and a, and a replace uh, ultimately replacement for that position, I go Pat Fairman. Yeah, I like Pat Frymouth a bunch. Uh, I had the ability to sit down with him a, uh, a couple months ago. He, really nice young man. He has that kind of that chip on his shoulder type of outlook. Like he told me exactly what his recruiting ranking was, what number tight end he was, because he was not the first tight end, obviously in the country. Kind of wears that disrespect on his on his sleeve. And unfortunately, dealt with an injury down the end of the season. He's in the same class with Kyle Pitts, who's a top ten caliber player. So he's kind of gotten under uh, undervalued a little bit, a little bit overshadowed throughout the process. But I really think that he is a late first, early second round caliber football player. I think he's a really good football player. So like Frymouth coming off the board, I went a little different with my final pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, you mentioned it. You could never have enough good pass rushers. And, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul's getting a little old in the tooth. Shaq Barrett is coming off of not quite as good 2020 as he had in 2019 after the 19 sacks. I think he had like seven or so. Like it just wasn't as quite as dynamic. So I made a comparison to this young man, to Jason Pierre-Paul. So I think learning from a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul would be a great thing for him, especially after opting out of the 2020 season. I gave them Gregory Rousseau. But I think from a stylistic perspective, from a body type perspective, a lot of similarities to him. And then testing, if you put the testing numbers together, very similar to Jason Pierre-Paul coming out of South Florida. So I think that that is a good fit. I think the, he has the ability to learn from a guy like JPP for maybe a year or two whenever his contract runs out. And then he hits the ground running as that long, long, lean um, defensive end who I think also has the functional strength. And he did do it a little bit at Miami. He had a bunch of sacks playing inside as a – as an interior rusher on obvious passing situations in sub packages. So I think that he could even be a guy that comes in on third downs early, but ultimately I think he's the predecessor to Jason Pierre, Paul Gregory Rousseau, my final pick out of the University of Miami. Yeah. If I didn't have him off the board at 25 to Jacksonville, I, I'm with you. I think that would be a great fit, great heir apparent to, to JPP. Um, but he was already off my board, but all your reasonings is a hundred percent. You know, being able to learn all those tricks of the trade and little nuances from a guy who basically is your twin, it, it, it would be it would help put the nitrous to to this kid's um, ability. So yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure JP would love lending him a hand. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Good, good way to end this one. Okay. I don't know. If your dad joke game's got to come up. I mean, you got to right. get better than that. On next week's Mavs Sports Take, which will be episode 39, David Turner will begin by reviewing all of the picks. He's going to name all 64 picks that we went through tonight. Appreciate everybody that stuck around with us this whole an hour and 50 minutes right around there. Of course, we had to go longer here for this special edition, only a couple days away from the NFL draft. Thank you all. If you want to send us a like, send us a sh- uh, share the content. You want to write us a review on any podcast platform that you use. Apple Podcast is preferred for there. Tell your friends. Let them know Ryan Roberts, David Turner are the best in the business. We appreciate you so much. We wish everybody a happy draft season. We will be back same time, same place, 8.30 Eastern time to go live with you all. But again, we appreciate you and happy draft day, folks. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. 
connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.